Hello, hello. Today is January 10th, 2022. First episode start of season four. Um, as far as this thing I call a podcast. <laughs> also known as the audio journal for my life and a JL. I kept calling it AGL in the last one if you listen. AJL. Um, it is my way beyond the pictures that I take and put on the internet. It is beyond the way of to you hear my voice. I am storing it in the time capsule of Web 2R. Actually, you could say Web 3 because hey, I can monetize this. It is monetized, but point is, is uh, Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Now we're we're in a new year. We're going to do new things. We're going to try to fight different crazy situations and figure out what we're going to be. And when I grow up and uh, I'm going to get back to working, um, of course, working on that now, taking some meetings. That sounds all official. I like it. <laughs> um, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to record today. I'm excited for what this new year brings. You are currently in club jam as i like to call it so i'm gonna kind of set you up today as i promised you we are recording the next uh installment and our lost episodes you are getting the lost episode four yay i'm excited um because honestly when i recorded this the first lost episode just to take you back if you haven't listened to any of them I was just up one night and I just felt like reading some poetry that I wrote and I was like, I'm just going to read it and then talk about it and kind of give you where I was coming from. So uh, lost episodes are time for me to give you poetry and kind of give you a deeper meaning behind them. And um, of course, the thing about poetry similar to music is we can take a piece of art and we can mold it into how it fits into our life. I'm just giving you the perspective behind why I wrote it. (laughs) Um, And so I hope you enjoy um, the poetry that I'm going to speak for today. If you have not listened to any Lost episodes, go back. Um, I think that it's very interesting. Um, I will definitely say it's very interesting to me because, oh man, 2021 felt like forever. I don't know if I started it in 2020, but it hasn't, I mean it hasn't been out longer than two years i've recorded the first three episodes i think last year if i didn't record all three of them last year i recorded one of them in 2020 and then the rest last year but i think i believe i recorded every of one of the three episodes sometime last year and so this fourth one is going to be the last one i would say until about the fourth quarter of this year because currently right now um written and published to my Instagram, JDR Creatives. By the way, I plug that again. Go there. Um, I only have four poems that are published this year. And I I think on one of the episodes, it might have been the second one, I went and kind of dug into some space. No, no. To be honest, no. I think there may have been one or two poems that you might have got that are written, but I never published them. And so I just believe that this series is something that I... It has to all link to to my poetry account. And so I'm not going to go and, and read to you um, from the treasure trove um, that I have. I think there's an episode where I read quite a few from the treasure trove. Um, I'm actually just going to wait 
and see what this year brings of me see what type of creativity comes to me and then record the fifth episode uh hopefully before christmas um and before new year's if i if the lord blesses me with that and lets me get there that's the plan of course if i really start going through something uh positive or negative and i start to really pin more uh <laughs> you could get a you could get a fifth episode by summer but the goal is that, you know for me um every year my average of, of poems that i write to publish is anywhere from the, the average is usually 75 to 80. Uh, last year i finished at 87 poems i believe that i wrote and published last year of course way more were wrote th- than that way more um sit in a treasure trove it's just a matter of being able to piece together something and and the final product you know that that's about creation and and everyone should understand that but i'm excited to see what this year brings for me i'm excited to see um as far as taking um steps i have my friend that um i think it's next week or the week after we're gonna sit down and we'll try to record our first episode i gotta figure out if i'm gonna put it on this platform or if we're gonna just make another one and but i'm i'm excited i'm actually gonna record a true pod with someone else i'm just it's not going to just mean me speaking into the mic and you hearing me. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do that as far as if, if we have it here or not. I would love for y'all to hear it because I think it's a change of pace. And um, besides hearing all the sad and beautiful things or my boring ass perspectives, you can hear someone else's. <laughs> um, but as far as some of the goals um, that I have for the year, of course, I want to study more in NFTs, get better with my photography, continue to push myself there, uh, learn editing for that because it's the next step for me, continue to create, uh, figure out a house to see if I can get this book that I finished published, take me to the ocean. That's a goal. Um, and as far as... This is something I want to do on the first episode of every new year. Um, as far as some of the things that I last year, I have this, what I call a lot of people call it a bucket list. I call it just my happy list. These are things that I want to accomplish. Um, of course, before you pass, but you don't look at it like a death thing. It's more of like, these are active goals that I am trying to accomplish. And, uh, last year I was able to finally mark the Georgia aquarium off. I took my son to Atlanta and we did that. Um, of course we completed the book, take me to the ocean. Um, I was able to move myself into a, I since when I started repairing my credit some years ago after my divorce, I wanted to have an 800 score. I, I accomplished that. And, um, I was very proud of myself for doing that. I also, of course, earlier last year on the 21st of last January, I of course purchased my DSLR after, well, it was a mirrorless camera, but after everything I worked through, I was able to do that. And I was so happy that, um, I got to do that. The last, um, one that I actually got to accomplish, I didn't think that I was going to be able to was to kiss a pretty woman on new year's day. I did that this year. So that was the first thing I did this year to knock it off the list. We have a lot of things that, um, were added to the list. Um, there were some, some things added to the list. Um, so I'll just, I'll just give you what I added, uh, uh, on, on, you know, um, get my notary license. That's something that will be done by the end of this year. Um, 
want to have uh, another friend meet up on December around December 10th when we all got laid off from that one company we don't speak of um, I want to be able to see my old boss this year um, I bought the 1619 project that's that uh, critical race theory kind of stuff that people freak out about it's going to be very painful for me to read this book very tough but I will read it I will finish that this year um, possibly take a trip to St. Augustine with Ryan and then New Orleans with a pretty lady that's what I added for this year. That's the plan. Um, so that's really Club Jam. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope that wherever you are, you are having a safe and a happy new year. I hope that all the blessings and all the um, the goals that you're trying to accomplish come to you in abundance. Stay positive, stay happy. And I'm going to read you some poetry. Yeah. Yes. So, um, of course, you got your lovely Club Jam announcements. Going to take you right into Lost Episode 4. Um, so these poems will be the collection of the remainder of what I wrote from last year. And then I will take you out on the last poem that I wrote for last year on the 31st when I was in Atlanta. And then that's it. And um, then we'll see you sometime in the future when we have more poems. So here we go. First poem, here we go. We take what we want, we don't take what we need. <laughs> Say that again for those in the back. We take what we want, we don't take what we need. Um, and kind of the caption that I put with that is selfish at our core, it's just a misunderstanding, or maybe it's our humanity. Um, this came from um, a situation where I was out somewhere and I watched someone <laughs> literally um, take more of an item that they they could be fine with, whereas a person just wanted one and they were literally about to fight this person just to get one of them. And they had like 20 of this item. And it just reminded me of how at times we get gluttonous. We get very gluttonous and we don't remember community. And so my hope is, is that <laughs> it's the first poem and I'm already like oh no oh, why did I have to start with that one my hope is is that we can get back to a place of community because when you think about um, <laughs> COVID when you just think of this whole pandemic well now it's endemic I mean it's going to be here forever you just think about how many people we've lost and just all the lives that have been affected by it. And we have all felt the pain of it one way or the other, whether we have directly been impacted by it or, you know, indirectly been impacted. And I just think that selfishness that we've have about money and about prestige, we just have to let that go. And remember community matters. It does. So the next one, I will seek the light instead of shielding myself in darkness. The caption, I choose joy. I will seek the light instead of shielding myself in darkness. So the theme of last year, when I came out of the hospital, it, it was this great enlightenment or <clears throat> awakening in a, in a sense. I had been spending the time before that discovering, really reflecting, really putting myself in a place where I was trying to figure out exactly who I was, how I was working. And then coming out of the hospital, well, 
I should say, right before my birthday, I discovered that happiness was mine to hold, to to deal with. I manifested, I created, it's mine. Anyone who comes into my life or is around it can add to it, but they don't control it. And they're not the ones that have to guard it. I have to guard my happiness. <clears throat> and so coming out of the hospital, this, um, this poem about I will seek the light instead of shielding myself in darkness, <clears throat> it became important because when I go through negative things, I will shut down. And one of the things I've, I've learned <laughs> through therapy, reading some books, it's okay to feel what you feel. And negative emotions are just as important as positive ones. And you have to feel them and you have to understand where you are in current moment. And I have a hard time with that sometimes because when bad things happen, I tend to punish myself. And you know what? Most of you who would listen, you do it too. When negative things happen to you, you punish yourself for the decisions you make. Well, sometimes your decisions have no outcome on that end result. And there, and then there's sometimes that they do. Like, I mean, if you walk into a store and hold it up and you rob it, everything you did, it directly impacts to your result. But if you choose not to, you know, if you choose to, to take a nap and not call a loved one and they die the next day, you taking a nap has nothing to do with them dying. And at times when we don't say those last words, we beat on ourselves. And this is just a reminder that um, it can be very hard to step into the light because the light is bright and you have to see yourself for what you are. And boy, oh boy, it is, it's tough. But my commitment to this year, my overall theme is to be curious and to be uncomfortable. And I will do that by any means I have to do it. And so this is, this was a, a stable to myself to say, Jemiah, don't, do not run to the darkness because it's comfortable. Run to the light because you're curious. We are never alone. We are just lonely. Even when you are in pain, this is not your story. Quiet the noise that is terrorizing your mind. It's the only way to claim your prize. It requires a fight. You're amazing. Step out into the light. And so um, the caption to this one is keep the faith. I believe in you. You have the last poem that tells you I will seek the light instead of shielding myself in darkness. Now you have this one basically being an anthem of, you know, we are not alone. We are just lonely. Um, you know, this is not your story. You're allowing things to terrorize your mind. If you want to claim your prize, you have to fight for it. Step into the light. And so this is me saying to myself, hey, you know, these, it's, it's not going to just be easy by saying you know what to do. Because that's half the battle. And that's what I realized last year. A lot of the things that I've been through in the last six years, every year I felt like I was learning. And last year was another year where every year from 30 to where I am now, I felt like my knowledge, what I gained in wisdom was 10 years worth. So it was like every time I was gaining this, I was like, man, it gives me such a better perspective. And it was helping me to open up. It was helping me to be better. It was helping me to be um, more patient, uh, more understanding. It, it got me to the point of like last year, discovery gave me enlightenment, which gave me the, the purpose of comprehension. It's not enough just to communicate, but I seek true enlightenment, which is to comprehend what you're saying to me so that I can better serve you and you can better serve me, which being in this place where I'm standing in comprehension is giving me a better 
patience. It's giving me more patience, but it's also giving me the ability not to react with so much anger or frustration. It gives me a calm. It, it like it, It's like a sea. It really is like a, a, a wave that washes over me that makes me in a moment where I feel like I'm about to roar. It's just like it's deflated. I'm like, okay, what can we do? Because getting myself upset and raising my blood pressure, what is that doing to me? It's killing me. The person that's affected, yeah, it makes them feel bad. They, they understand and feel my disappointment, but it's only harming me in the end. So let's be smarter. And so I feel like Discovery Enlightenment got me to this point of comprehension. But each year um, I have grown. And last year, the biggest thing is it's not enough to say it. You now have to create a space to do it. And that's honestly what I am, uh, what I'm trying to do. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to dedicate this poem to the person I wrote it about. Um, Mr. Matt Lott, been a very dear friend for years. He's meant so much to me. He's kept me more than anything. I think at times he would probably believe our friendship balances and me giving more than getting his um, positive nature and his determination and perseverance inspire me to keep going, even when I didn't feel like it. So I'm going to give you the caption first, and then I'm going to read you the poem. 10, 2017, a moment in which I was falling apart. I will never forget your words, Matt Lott. You helped me in a tough moment. You may not even remember. That isn't the point. I found this piece going through some of my old poems. I figured I should say thank you. I wrote this piece when I came back. And to give it to you, I'm going to give you the story, then I'm going to give you the poem. I had to do a work trip in Tallahassee, Florida. To do this work trip, to be with my teammates, it was going to cause me to not see my son for 14 days straight. If I didn't do it, I would only miss him for six days, but I had to be there for my teammates. I had, I had, it was my job, but the workload was a lot that year in 17. I just felt like as a father, even though I didn't miss games, I didn't miss things. I just felt like time was always fleeting. As soon as I was having a really good time, I was having to give him back to his mom. As soon as I was doing something, I had to go to work. And I didn't realize with inside of me, I was stuffing down this demon, this monster. And I'm driving to Tallahassee and we're talking and I'm just falling apart and I'm trying to keep it together. And he's talking about his family and this. And I started whimpering and he's like, hey, you're all right. And I just literally lost it. I just, just lost it. I had never, I've been pretty good about crying. There are days I went to work, I cried in the car and then I put it to pull it together because where I was going, these people gave me the ability to push through. They gave me so much strength, it, even though I was going through divorce and it was tough on me. And I just wanted, I just wanted to be with my ex-wife. I didn't want to be divorced. I didn't. I felt like a failure, and um, part of that divorce came from religion and everything that I was built up on. I just felt like a complete failure. So I was in the depths of my sorrow and. I remember I was crying, and he was trying to calm me down because he'd never seen me cry. He only seen the positivity and. When I think about this moment, it just, it kind of, it gets me emotional. I'm trying to not be, um, but you know, like I know that we feel here. And so it just, the, the tears just wash over me. Um, I started crying and he said, Hey, you know, where are you at? I said, I'm going to Tallahassee. He's like, um, you know, 
he was like, oh, let me stay on the phone with you. I said, no, I'll be fine. I just need to play some music. It'd be fine. And, and we talked for a little bit more, but he's like, you know, can I pray for you? And pray for me. And it was so sweet. It was so kind. You know, um, it, rem- it reminded me of my uncle when he was alive, um, of how he would pray for you at times and just things. And, um, <laughs> oh, man, it was important and he said when you get to the hotel i want you to call me and just make sure you got there safe he said i know once you get around your teammates you'll be fine because you're a professional you could be dying and you will do your job and literally i went in there and did my job and, and i'm gonna say this before i read the poem too for people who are going through tough moments depression you feel suicidal you have those thoughts i want people to understand when they say man it's such a shock the thing about my Facebook, those two days, you see me go to the hotel, take pictures of my teammates, record some of the antics we're doing. You're seeing me smile. Sometimes you can tell in the smile, in the in the peaks of it, you can tell people are kind of messed up. You would not know if you don't know what to look for that I was completely depressed being there. And the only moments that I was happy was when I was doing my job. And then the moments that I went back to my hotel room, I was sad get up the morning after we did this um, event, have breakfast with my teammates. We laugh. I have such a great time and I don't want them to leave. And one of the things I've never talked about in that is I know why I had a breakdown in two parts. One, it was tough because I was already away from my son, but the other part was I was having so much fun with them. And then we all had to leave again. And I've had a problem in my life where people are always leaving me. So I learned from a young age how to survive that by packing it up. If you're going to leave me, if you're going to peace out on me, I'm going to walk away from you. I'm going to pack the bags up and already pack it up in the car and turn the car on before you can even say bye. I'm going to say bye to you because for some reason it, it makes me feel like I have power and it's a struggle to me. I remember when I took my son to see my dad for the first time when he was four years old, I struggled. I had to keep it together going through TSA because I didn't want to leave. I just wanted one more day. And I remember I cried on that plane. My son went to sleep, I cried. And so the hardest part about leaving people to me is um, is how much you miss them, how much you love them. But I left Tallahassee. I recorded an 11-minute video, and it's me literally crying and, and just sharing my heart to the world. And it is a reminder every year on that date when it pops up in my memories of where I never want to be again and I won't allow myself. So I've told you a lot about this poem specifically. Let me tell you what he meant to me in helping me to get there and actually do my job because he did. You have helped me numerous times. You have a way of making a stranger feel as they are family. You were a support system and I didn't know that I had. Free to be myself. If I peel back the layers, would you stay or will you run? That day I spoke my truth. The hurt I felt, it became, I became unglued. I couldn't lie anymore. I couldn't put on that mask or dance to that song. In my heart, I felt it. This was all wrong. Your kindness reminded me that I wasn't alone. Thank you, Matt Lott. You're one of the dearest friends I have. And, um, I've told you a lot about that story. Let me break break down certain parts of the poem. Three years ago, 
I was afraid to take my poetry and let people see it. I've always was someone who was writing short stories or poetry, and I just was so afraid to let people see it because I'm a very emotional creature. I'm a lot better at being able to handle it without scaring people, I guess, but it doesn't matter. My feelings are my own. And so one of the, a few poems used to talk about, I felt like I used to lie to people. I used to, I can take your problems and, and create solutions for you. And it gives me restorative energy. It restores me because I'm a problem solver. That's naturally what I like to do. And I do that by relating to people, but the therapies I give you usually don't work. They didn't work for me until these last two years where I really started digging into myself and stopped saying, okay, you know what the problem is now let's fix it. And that's really what I had to start doing, but I couldn't lie anymore. I couldn't put on that mask or dance to that song. That's a poem where I talked about, I used to feel like I was going through this life where I was walking this path. I was dancing to this song. I was putting on this mask and people have a version of me that they hold dear, but that's not who I really am. I was only giving them what they wanted and I wasn't giving them all of me. I wasn't giving them that, the ugliness and the ugliness is what's beautiful. And I made a commitment to myself years ago to stop doing it. And over these last um, four years, it's been a challenge. It's been a battle. I've had times where I've backslid. I've had times where I've fallen short, but the difference is, is where I am today is a lot further than where I was four years ago. So, um, but friends like Matt and um, other friends have helped me to, to keep myself where I want to be and not fall short because they expect me to be better. They expect me to take care of myself and not just take care of everyone else. So to you, Matt Lott, I know you're working. Um, I love you. And um, yeah, I went down memory lane. I got really emotional <laughs> with that one. I don't know how many more will give me emotional, but um, I dedicate that to him because he's such an amazing man, uh, amazing father, amazing husband. And you would be lucky enough if you have someone like him to call a friend. So thank you, Matt. Ooh. <laughs> and then I go to this next one. Oh my goodness. This is going to be good. Okay. I'm going to set the scene for this one too. Cause I've wrote, I think before this, I wrote, um, <laughs> I wrote poems about this person <clears throat> and I've never really talked about them. I'm not someone who likes to just put people on blast, but the one thing I've, told myself over the last years to be, be, be uncomfortable. And it is okay to love someone. It is okay to, to love anyone and to know how you feel about them and to know that for me, if I liked someone, I'd stuff it down. If I love someone, I stuff it down. I was taught not to be weak and I'm the weakest of them all. And I'm weak in this way. I am emotional. And I am in touch with my emotions. That doesn't make me weak. It actually makes me very strong. But I spent my life fighting this push and pull of that thought process. It was a broken process taught. I know it was taught to me because I'm a black man in America. And my mom was trying to keep me safe, to keep me from being on a t-shirt. So I understand. But I had to learn to break from that process. So this, 
I'm just going to give it to you here. This is not appropriate. I'm cute. The caption, this is not appropriate. It's basically an acronym that would spell out Tina. There's this very beautiful woman that I used to work around and she's funny and she's smart and she's really freaking funny. And um, she's caring. She used to really listen to me and um, she's a very good friend. And although I'm, you know, I've never dated her and she's in a whole ass life and relationship. Um, <laughs> I found myself, you know, really getting feelings for her. And I remember we had a conversation once where she was like, oh, you know, you'll, you know, I'm not trying to hurt people. And, you know, I went to that thing where I hid my feelings for a long time. And then in the pandemic, I found myself having to be truthful and telling her. I had to tell her how it felt. I've written... I think four poems to this. The other one I have not posted yet. The other two are behind this. And they have a caption. They have a caption where it's four words and whatever it says, that if you take it and you stack it up as an acronym, it would say her name. <clears throat> and so I hid behind it because it was cute. Because the truth is within my poetry, you can you can be the character to this story. But I'm giving you the the true fourth wall experience here um i really do miss talking to her more um but i am a very respectful man so here's the poem there are moments you cross my mind it can be hard to process wanting someone you will never have i miss the laughs but glad they have stopped the more time spent would only make me love you more the separation allows you to enjoy your life just as I can find my own way. I still find myself missing you. There isn't an answer for that. Each day I focus my attention into other priorities. Yet I still see your smiling face. I'm not a destructive man. So I will sit here with my head in my hands, wishing in a different life you were in my plans. Oh, man. That one got me emotional, too. You know, sometimes you could want something so bad that when you don't get it, it's heartbreaking. We've all been there. And I think for me, after divorce, the hardest part has been trying to reestablish connection with you know women to be connected or to find someone that i felt i could value or you know spend time with because i've had my walls up i've been very guarded and then i struggled with being worthy um i miss i miss talking to her i really do um but i am respectful of relationships and i am not a destructive man even though at times i probably wanted to and that's more than maybe she would want me to say out loud um, because she loves she loves it man and I that's what I love about her she's such an awesome person but in another life it would be it would have been nice so yeah if you go back if you ever do go to my um, poetry page you'll you'll find the other two and if you stack the four words they will say her name so very dear friend I do miss talking to her all the time um, but the trick that I learned last year too, 
when she did reach out to me. I will say this before I go to the next poem. She reached out to me. She was like, hey, you know where you been? I think in one of the poems I talked about why I literally walked away. It was so, it was painful, you know, to to know that I can only be this. I wanted I wanted to be with her that bad that I forgot about the amazing friendship we had and then just the laughs and just having a person that I could bounce things off of in the regards of women and dating. She was there for me to kind of give me advice and just like some other friends. And I had to remember that when she reached out to me, she's like, hey, what's going on? I was like, ah, you know, I just, you know, you're a busy woman. I want to, I couldn't be honest with her all the way and tell her, you know, I, you told me that I, you felt like I was going to fall in love with you. And and I did, and it was it's hard for me. I couldn't process those emotions. But what I learned last year in discovery and enlightenment is I can love anyone and I can have an experience, but it does not mean that it's forever. I think for me, I have this thought process of traditional monogamy. Like when I married my ex-wife, I thought that was going to be until I dropped. And so the whole construct that I was taught was blown apart. Like that was blown apart. Religion was blown apart and it was it was tough. And that fairy tale thought process blown apart, like C4, boom, rubble. And it really, that part of it broke me too. It gave me trauma because here's everything that I was brought up on and it's not real. And that's not how everyone operates. And so what I had to learn through her was, is you can have friendships with people, you can love people and you may not get the results you want, but that love has to be shown and it has to be, you have to to be better. You can't just push people out of your life like I do. I can easily walk away from people. And it's something that I've had to learn to be better about because it's not hard for me to literally close a book and go to the next thing. It's it's harder than it looks. I, I have the tears and I deal with the sadness and the trauma by myself. I don't deal with it within community. The one thing I keep asking us as people to be. And I think part of it is because I've survived in a country in which I'm three-fifths of a human. <laughs> I never redacted that, right? Like, yeah, it's still, I mean, you know, they amended it, but we need, we, we need to take that out altogether. But certain certain scars sit on your heart and they lay claim to your space and you have to step away from that. So my goal is to be to be a better friend to her. I have not been the best because I fell in love with her. And then I started to pull myself back because I was afraid of what I was feeling. And um, I I know better than that. So dedicate that to her. That's the honest truth. And I finally, I said it. <laughs> I didn't keep it in. We're just giving you all the secrets this year. I don't want to die with, and I don't want to die with people not having the full interpretation on me. You may not get all 100% of, of who I am, but I at least want to be able to, people can remember me and how they saw me, but it's closer to the Jemiah that I am. Yeah. One more before we change over. Um, he seeks her support. She seeks his vulnerability. Round and round, they go on this ride. When it stops, there is nowhere to hide. <laughs> Um, I think that is the modern world of relationships. As a man, I want to be able to be vulnerable with you and trust you that you will protect that vulnerability and you want me to support you. Um, well, let me say in reverse, you want, I seek, you know, 
your support, your loyalty, you seek my vulnerability to know that, you know, I can be there. And I think uh, couples need to talk about that more. We just need, we just need to, you need people to understand where you're coming from because comprehension is key. People keep saying communication. We talk all day. I'm talking right now. Do you understand what I'm saying when I'm speaking about it? I hope you do. So we're going to flip over to the B side and keep it going uh, with the lost episode four. All right. So we're moving on to the next poem on the lost episode four. And the caption to that one is the little voice in my mind. And we all have, well, I heard this study that there are 50% of people don't actually have an internal voice. So they just hear nothing, which is amazing to me. I wish I heard nothing because it would make my life a lot easier. I wouldn't overthink it. I'm already an overthinker, but that voice just drives me to the wedge of it. But here's what I have to combat that. We are told to drown out that voice when it speaks unkind. I have learned to run toward the noise to reclaim what is mine. To love myself, it starts within the mind. So that same voice that's telling you you're not enough, you're not worthy, you're not this. It's like you control that switch and you have to push back and remind it that in this moment you may feel down you may feel sad you may feel bad but guess what you still a bad bitch (laughs) or whatever your mantra is you have to you have to tell yourself that you are worthy for me i have to tell myself i'm worthy that's where if if you've ever listened to my positivity walls that's where the first one came from you were you're amazing you're beautiful you're loved i have to say that sometimes over and over again and then another one that um i made it was a series of I never made this a series, but it was a series of like affirmations before the positivity wall. I started with, I love you because, and it would be, I love you because you can, you know, like one of them was, I love you, Jemiah, because you continue to go on even when you feel like giving in or giving up. And that's what it would be. It'd be like, I love you, Jemiah, because, and it would just be this way to say, I love you. And like, I remember one of them, the one of them that made me cry one time was, I love you, Jemiah, because I am proud of you. And it was just that. You don't have to say much, but you, you have to remember that you are, you can be, and you are amazing. And I think sometimes that little voice in my mind punishes me. I allow myself to be punished because of certain things that don't go the way I want. And that's expectation. And we've learned to, to kind of shuck that for abundance. I've traded in expectation for abundance. I seek to be full and, and of joy. And I don't I don't expect people to to be a certain way. I the only expectation I have of people is to be who they are. <laughs> I expect nothing else from them. Next poem. Ooh. Running through the line, seeking your time, wanting your attention as I move with misdirection, courting others in this moment in times when you are absent. The question sits within my mind about your love that I decline. My intuition led me to resign the position in which you were mine. We'll go back to this, the last four. The question sits within my mind about your love that I decline. My intuition led me to resign the position in which you were my, I don't know, it's a four, it's a four count scale to me on that. Bup, 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 bup. I'm like the Migos over here. Um, this poem, <laughs> this poem speaks a lot about just 
my adventures in love running there's always a running in there wanting not being in the moment (laughs) i laugh at this because what i learned is i had someone close to me say you are so guarded and you don't even realize it and i in my first i was defensive i was like no i'm not i'll be letting people in and they were like no you don't you do this 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 and this is further from letting people in and i'm like oh i I didn't realize that (laughs) and it was right and it made me a part of just this enlightenment a lot of things that i was told i just kind of jotted them down and kind of tried to self-reflect and push through and what i realized is at the core is i was so hurt and that construct was so vital to my identity that when it was blown apart i i wasn't willing to get out to get out of the rubble and make a new identity i was looking for my identity in that rubble and the greatest one of the greatest things that happened to me last year is i literally left the rubble i literally said f it whatever pain points i'm going to deal with from from starting over i'm just going to deal with them because on the other side of it from from my prof- professional career i had to start over <laughs> so this was a perfect opportunity to challenge myself and be uncomfortable and it led me here and i'm going to continue to be uncomfortable as crazy as that is so yeah but it's always a woman because I want to be loved. I really do. I want that person that I can just feel safe around. I really do. I really do. And I'm going to fight like hell to get that if the opportunity is allotted. And I won't run from it. And I won't screw it up. I'm working on that right now. <laughs> um Next poem. You are not the ca- you are not that character or who they want you to be. You are the person that you choose to be. Allow me the space to be myself, to live in my truth. I wasn't asking permission. It's my moment of of truth. And this is this is this is enlightenment again. This is me saying, okay, people see me a certain way, and I've allowed you that luxury because for so long I never pushed back. I never showed you all of who I was. Now, at the same time, be honest with you, we all go out into the world and we all have a mask that we put on. You have to, to survive in this world. But to the people who are closest to me, it always ate me up how I was lying to them in plain sight. And so I can't do it anymore. And for people who don't agree with this, Jemai, if you feel like it's too much, well, the door is there for you. Chu <laughs> <True> knows it. <laughs> Unexpected messages leave me to question where I fit in your life. Left riddle with strife as I want you near tonight, even though I won't send the invite. <laughs> the caption of that is, as I sit with my own thoughts. Yeah, that that's, um, this encom- encapsulates, um, for me, when I feel strongly about needing to speak to someone and I just put it off, like, ah, uh, now, in regards to this poem specifically, it's about a woman. It's it's playing around in a space in which I know I feel strongly about something and I want to say it, but because I have never been in a relationship where reciprocity matched my level, I find myself going, ah, no, that's going to be weird. That person's going to find it annoying. Uh, 
so I didn't do it. And um, what I'm learning, oddly enough, is that we we have to break the mold of that. I can't do something expecting something in return. It's like an apology. When you apologize to some someone, it's like leaving a note on their door. The only hope you you have is that they receive it. You can't expect them to thank you or to comment further. So I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Why do I feel so alone when there are people who are willing to help? How do I allow myself to be loved when I feel that I don't deserve it? And the question I ask myself is, when will I get there? When will I truly understand that I am who I am is so much more important than what I am? What I am has been this guy who has been successful and makes money and blah, 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 blah. But who I am is a, a loving, caring person who is tender, who needs people to be very cautious with his heart, that needs reassurance, that needs people to be there for him. And in return, I have to allow those people to be there for me. I am loved very much, but I pushed a lot of people away because I didn't want to look at them seeing me be weak. And one of the things that I said, I don't know if I wrote this into a poem, so I'm just going to kind of, you know, freestyle it, but it kind of goes like this. Walking in the room, there's nothing but darkness. I know this place seeks to take me. Before now, when I walked within this room, I fell within its bottomless pit because I fought the notion of darkness. The moment that I stopped, took a breath, and seated to its pool, the light became available. The light started to shine. I found my way out of the pit, onto my feet, through the door to light. I seek. It's me saying that there are moments that I've sat in the dark. There's moments that I've lived in the dark. But I got so comfortable just assuming that I was going to have to be there that at times I would fight through it and just be like, oh, I got to go to this place. I don't want to deal with it. I want to deal with it. The moment I stopped fighting it, the moment I decided, you know what, this is if I have to be here, I have to be here, but I'm going to figure it out. That's when I started to see the light. (laughs) So we are only alone if we're allowing ourselves to be. And to the people out there who do feel alone, if you, if you resonate with that, like I said before, um, I don't, I don't know how you can contact me on here. I think I've got it turned on, but JDR creatives, send me a message. We are not alone. We're just lonely. Pain is not our story from a great man, John Cup. Um, Yeah, I'll never forget him telling me that. So next one, she reaches for my hand as she pulls me close. I feel her stare. I miss her lips pressed against mine. Ooh, it's nothing like a a nice set of lips and a nice kiss, right? Right? I mean, and then too, like, to be honest, this is the things that I like. I love someone to hold my hand. Like I or like to rub my hand. Like I feel like I feel important. <laughs> you know, I want somebody to to want me. I've struggled in life because at times I felt like people wanted things about me. Money or status or the calm that I bring balance. 
protection, but they didn't want me. Mm. Yeah, buddy. If there are any words you have left to say, I'm not asking you to share them or stay. I'm saying that if you are going to sell me on a future for us in which we agree, this is your moment to speak from your heart. I'm listening. Go ahead and start. <laughs> this comes from a, from a larger letter that I think in many ways spawned many poems. Yes, I think the next... Yes, the next four poems all come from this letter. And it literally was to um, the person I'm dating. You know, a lot of, you know, the, the last thing I spoke about last year was this poem that I wrote to her after I felt, you know, bad. And I think I talked about it in the recap too, but it was me kind of just saying, hey, if you, if you want me, you got to show me. You know, this next part, I, I chopped it up because everything around it, like this long letter was me basically journaling. These poems came, these, like I said, that poem and the next four come from me journaling. And when I start journaling, I'll write down how I feel, but I try to focus it to like a stanza form. It's not just like today was a nice day. Today I talk now. It's me kind of going through what I'm currently feeling and then what happens is it can become poems because it really is. It's like any any time it can go from two to about 10 poems all within this journal. And so um, I'm, I'm giving you some of the secret of what I chopped up. And so this one is, in many ways, I have learned that I have been fire, warm and full of life. You want to be near it. Don't extend your hand or you could be burned. And, and so what this one is, it's like, I have the ability to give you warmth and make you feel special. But if you fuck with me, I will burn you. <laughs> uh, the constant need to assess as this is some type of exercise, seeking the results instead of enjoying the process. In this, I have lost touch with life itself, walking a path built to survive, not trusting myself to thrive. How would I expect someone, and not just anyone, but you, to walk a path in which we never win? And that's me saying to myself, hey, like, I've spent so much time worrying about <laughs> the result. Like, are we going to be together? Are we going to have this? That I'm not actually in this moment. I'm in the future. One of the things that I learned last year too was the present tense, I tend to live there the least. I used to really live in the past tense and then I worked on that. And I made commitments to, to minimize that. So I live there the least now. I live now in the present and the future tense the most. What I'm trying to work on is to, to remove myself from that future tense and to be in the moment. And I would suggest that all of you do it too, because you can think of the future, but when you get there, it ain't going to be what you thought of. And the past is a record. It's done. You are making memories. As I'm talking to you right now <laughs> at 118 central time, I'm giving you a timestamp. I am making this um, episode so that I can leave a part of myself and a part of my history and part of my record in, in you know, the web forever. That's what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about the past. I'm not thinking about the future. Oh, when I'm done with this, I got to do this. No, 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 I'm here with you right now, even though you're not with me. So, yeah. I want all of it with you. I want the moments that warm my heart. I need to be near you to feel safe. I miss your lips when you are away. I love that smile that you wear. 
yeah, I was, I was, I was talking to somebody on this one. You could, you could see, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Certain things women have that just make you drive wild, can drive you wild. But specifically to that person, I just, yeah, Oz cares about her. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Caption of this one is "In Discovery We Find Truth," and and this is really just the stamp of what I felt last year. In the search for his greatness, he discovered his pain. Everywhere that I went to try to find enlightenment, it drew me back to a discovery of what I was running from. And by stopping running, I'm moving that much closer to my greatness. Yeah. <laughs> that is the pain I stuffed down deep, stuck in the abyss of the open sea. Be uncomfortable. So coming right after that poem of saying that, I have to be uncomfortable. I have to go into that abyss and and face that pain head on because if I'm not going to do it, what's the use? I'm not going to get to where I want. Oh. <laughs> uh This one, the caption is an hourglass. I got, I started getting cute. I just started putting emojis because ain't nobody looking on my Instagram anyways. I just started getting cute. The title of this is called The Sands of Time. I wrote this poem. This is 2022. I wrote this poem in 2014. And I sat on it because there were two lines within the middle of it that I just couldn't get right. It just didn't feel right. Like if you're a writer, a piece feels right or it doesn't. And it sits on the shelf until you make it right. And so then I finally added those, took some out, added, and then I made it complete. And normally I would not give you, I would be coy. But one of the things I'm going to work on this year is I no longer have the space to be coy. I don't care to be coy. This is my space. And I'm going to be honest because that honesty will set me free. Just as I talked about Tina and how I felt strongly about her, and even though I couldn't get what I wanted to be with her, it affected me. I can't stuff that down deep because it it's it becomes corrosion, you know? And then I can't perform the basic functions because I'm messed up. Um, this poem is specifically about my ex-wife. The hardest parts at time the hardest part at times, seeing your face. It causes me to stop in place. Tears would form, memories awake. The past returns, sand takes shape. Glass, the final product. Those shards reshaped. This would be everything I want, to wipe away my guilt and shame. Would that give me comfort to help calm my heart? Choices once made are final, so focus on today. The sand must return to its place as you must find your way. The hardest part at times, seeing your face. When I have to go, when we go and we go to our son's like sporting events or run into her and she looks beautiful, it's hard sometimes. It's like I made, made a child with you. When I look at him and I can see like he'll do something that reminds me of her, yeah, it'll, it'll choke me up. Because um, that rubble, that that thing that blown that blew up, it 
Oh my illness. I'm gonna cry again. Um it was just tough because this woman will never know how much I will love her until the day I die. But I have to stop saying that because I don't believe that's true. I think the problem that I've struggled with is that because I've had a love so strong for her, I don't understand why at times she'll mistreat me or why she doesn't understand. And we are beyond that. I am beyond that. I'm not a symbiote. I talk like Venom sometimes, but um, I am beyond that stage of being negligent to myself and lying to myself. It just hurts because when you see the person that you have so much love for and you can't be with them, it makes you, it's tough. And we've known each other for 20 years and we've just had so many memories. And so I could see something and it just, to see her smile these days is, is good. I just wish sometimes, sometimes I just wish it was with me. Um, You know, you talk about tears reform, mem- the memories awake. I'm talking about that, but you know, that's the past returning sand takes shape. And the reason why um, this was, I talked about it in sand is, you know, of course, glass is the finished product from sand. It's solid. I looked at glass as being the solid ground of a relationship, but once it's over, it breaks and you can't put it back together because when glass breaks, it creates shards. Shards can never be put back into their spaces correctly. Um, now I, I shouldn't say never there, if you found them all and you, you have a good chance of doing it, but the base of what that glass is, whether it's a cup or something, it will never look the same because the cracks symbolize the trauma. And, um, I thought I was cute with this poem, but I wish, I wish in another life that it didn't all fall apart. And I don't wish for it because of just the love. I think a part of me is I'm a results-based person. I, I wish for some of it because of the failure. Because even though I love my ex-wife, I'm not in love with her today. The people that we are, we're different from those kids that were in love. And I understand that. Man, I've grown. <laughs> uh, we shield ourselves from the hurt we incur, that we dim the light inside of who we are. Ooh, that's a word for you. I want to say it to you one more time. We shield ourselves from the hurt we incur, that we dim the light inside of who we are. Baby, have I done this? You can't hide from the pain. And that last poem is is a significance. Wrote it in 14. You finally got to hear about it. You kind of got to see it. I ran from a lot of that for some time because I felt like a loser for still loving a person who didn't love me in a certain way. And what I learned about myself is, is that it doesn't work that way. You know? When I love... I love because that's how I feel. That's my need, my want, my desire. Love is not this alignment thing where someone has to be aligned with what I like. And I, like I said, I think honestly, the establishment that that construct of traditional monogamy of religion infused with marriage, I believe in marriage. I, I'm sorry. If I'm going to have a child with you, you got to be married to me. I'm not having children on a wedlock. I think that the family structure is important, but seeing the blows come to that, it really rocked me. And I wasn't, I didn't realize how much that affected me until when I look back and I had a conversation with 
my ex-wife's mother um, on New Year's Eve. We got up one morning and we were just talking and just talking to her about some of the things and some of the questions she asked me. I did not realize how much religion affected me and my divorce. It really was a, a, a crushing blow. So the more we learn, right? Caption here, I won't allow my fear to become my rage. The rage that grows flows outward, born from our fear of the unknown, from all the moments we can't control. I'm going to say it again. The rage that grows, it flows outward, born from our fear of the unknown, from all the moments we can't control. One of the last pieces of, of last year that I'm so glad that the universe or the Lord or whatever you believe brought me to was this ability of control. I am a control freak through and through. I am my mother's son. And as a parent, the greatest gift that my son gives me is he teaches me that that's not going to work. That's not good enough to, to fear. It's like when you have kids and you're teaching them how to swim and they throw them in the water. Me, I remember when his grandma was teaching him, I said I couldn't be around it because to see my child struggle, the, the, the natural position for me is to jump in. And that's not what you're supposed to do. What I learned about my mother and I learned about myself and it's helped me to have more patience is, is that when I know something could be bad and I want to guide someone into the good, them not taking my advice pisses me off. And a lot of people struggle with this, but it's not my life to live. It's their life. And because of that unknown and my fear of that unknown, I struggle and I get angry. And sometimes I've said mean things sometimes. And when I step away from that emotion, I realize that's not what I really meant to say. I didn't mean for it to be that way. And I had to have a talk with my son because my son doesn't like the screaming. And that's one of the things I worked on in, in the younger age. I used to yell. Um, but my son, I have this tone when I get real serious. And there's times where I get serious about things that were very trivial. And you know, it'd be the process. Like when you get up, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. You didn't do this this morning. You know how serious this means to me. And I, I get that dad tone and it would really upset him. I remember one of the last times I sent him to school and I upset him. It's the point he got out of the car. He always gets out the car, waves, bye dad, love you. Gives me a hug. He just got out of the car, slammed the door. <laughs> and I knew, I knew I screwed up. And I had a conversation with him about it. He was like, yeah, he's like, when you, you know, when you get that tone, I just feel like I screw everything up and I don't want to let you down. And I go, and I had to tell him, do you know I love you? Do I? Do you know I'm proud of you? And he said, I don't know. I said, you don't know that I love you? He said, I know you love me. He said, but I don't feel like you're proud of me. I said, I'm always proud of you. And I said, I'm going to work on this, and I apologize. I said, but can I tell you a secret? The secret is, and basically it's the root of this poem, is I get upset when I'm trying to help you with something and you don't listen. But what I've learned is you are who you are. And all my job is, is to guide you through things. I can't live your life for you, right? And he was like, yeah. And I said, so I'm going to work on telling you things to help you and then respecting you when you make your decisions. Because I know that you, you listen to me and I know that you pay attention to me and that I have to trust your judgment. And he said, thank you. And that's what it is. Doesn't mean that I'm good at it. It just means I'm getting better. I'm learning. And, and the truth be told, my sister 
we just found out at Christmas she's pregnant. I'm gonna be an uncle. I'm excited. Yay! I'm excited. I don't believe it's the best timing, but here's the secret about having children. There's never really good timing for having children. That's the secret. Um, I'm excited. And my mom, my dad, they have all these questions. And out of anyone in the group, like I'm the one that's getting the most time with her because I'm not asking the questions. Her situation right now is helping me to be a better father because it taught me exactly what this poem's about. I cannot control what Ryan does, what my sister does. I can only control what I do. And I cannot allow my fear for their safety or for their decisions to override my love and support for them. I'm telling you people I'm growing. I'm growing. And it's because I choose to be uncomfortable. Um, we are going to switch to the other side of the B-side <laughs> because I didn't expect to be so profound. But I wanted to give you all these poems and I wanted to give you the meaning <clears throat> besides just giving you a poetry reading. I do it a little bit different here on the last episode four. So let me switch over into the next part and we will get to... Um, the last bit of the poems, because yeah, the, this next one's in December, so we're almost there. All right, so this will be the the last portion of um, of the lost episode four. Get some hydration, thank you, and we'll move on. We are now in December of last year, and we are getting close to that finish line. Love is this idea I chase, <laughs> knowing that I won't catch it. <laughs> Um, when I wrote this, I felt that strong. Like, I'm like, man, I'm always running after it, but I wasn't running after it really. I was the way I saw love is I saw it moving. It's kind of like if the earth was rotating, um, I saw it moving and I chose not to move towards it. I will not make those mistakes today, tomorrow, or in the future, but it's how I felt at the time. And it, it's one of those cute things, put it on the plaque, live, laugh, love, that kind of thing. Oh, this one, um, this was a poem that I wrote earlier this year when I went, I think I had got my camera and I went to the beach. Now the picture that's with it is not of a sunset from that day, but I went to the beach, I took some pictures and, um, it goes like this. I have returned to this place. The sun shines as the waves crash, the smell of the ocean, the feel of the sand, my shoulders lower, a smile returns. And it was going to be in um, Take Me to the Ocean. And it was at that moment when I wrote it that I realized I was done because no longer what I was writing reflected how I felt in that period when I was doing it. And that's when I knew that I was done with that book. I had all, I had been done with that book for like two years and didn't realize it because I was insistent upon playing the playing by the rules of the game, following what other people have done and not being the unique person that I am. So I put that down in 2021. <laughs> I put a lot of things down in 2021. Um, but being who I am, I, I accept that light and I will carry it. And there's a poem. Oh, there's a poem that I posted the other day. I can't give it to you, but it, it talk it talks about that. It really talks about carrying my light in the way that I want to. So you'll have to wait for that one on Lost Episode 5. I'll be excited about that one. Once I fell in love, that was it. When she looked at me with those beautiful eyes, I was lost and wanted more. Weak and foolish, loving you came with a cost, not convicted to what I believed I wanted. 
as I was willing to die for it, even if it was you pulling the trigger. <laughs> the links we travel is the caption. What's funny is it's like it, it's like the symmetry of the poems. You're like, oh, I'm in love, and it's like I'm foolish for being in love. It's this it's this pull and tug. But what I'm learning is to accept all the emotions as I feel them. And what'll happen is the the darker ones come out so much more powerful than the lighter ones. And I'm gonna try to learn to be better about bringing the the beauty and the light because um this is punishment writing can't punish myself <laughs> oh my goodness and i talked about being transparent so i don't have to be transparent here none of them could be what i need one is lost in her shame one wouldn't accept my claim the other is lost in her own game i'm not going to give those names that that is specifically talking about three women <laughs> you figure out from what i've told you over four episodes who those people are but it, it is one of the truest statements i have written in a long time Yeah, yeah. Let's continue. I've given you silence. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was some silence. Okay. Um, be kind as wars are waged in the mind. All the while, hearts ache alone in the dark, away from the light. And the caption to that is: It costs nothing to be kind. It doesn't cost you a cent. It doesn't cost you energy. It's not hard to be kind. So you should do it. Not because I said it, because you should you should treat others the way you want to be treated. It's the damn golden rule, people. Be better. Ooh, man. And then uh, I forgot about this one. Okay, all right. We're coming to the end, and they're good. I did not have the courage to continue or the strength to end it. And I'm going to go to the next one just to pull these together because they both are on the same situation. The world around you makes you feel small in which you become invisible to all. That voice returns speaking out of turn. A burden could be lifted with this choice. That's a lie and always has been. You aren't alone, visible to many that you inspire. Be bold and brave. Let go of pride. Just ask for help. That is the choice that remains. Never harm yourself. The caption I wrote to that is for those who are struggling I hope you know you're needed. You are amazing. Keep fighting. You are beautiful. Even when you feel ugly, you are loved just because you are you. I have been there and I felt alone. Never give up. You are worth so much, no matter how much you are hurting. Step forward and ask for help. We need your light in this world. And both of these poems specifically speak about suicide. I'm going to give you trigger warnings because you're here. Okay. You're supposed to feel something. I don't want to drive people to jump off because I'm telling you that wherever you are and wherever you're listening to this, if you felt alone, 
then pick up your phone or pick up your device and ask for the help. And don't run from the people who love you because they will accept you. I'm telling you, for a broken man, for a man who's screwed many things up, people ain't ran out on me. They will not run out on you. And what's so cool about this poem, this other one, I didn't really want a lot of attention coming to it, and I didn't get any. And I don't know why. I don't know if how Instagram is, and it just kind of shadow banned it because of the, of the words, but it's a direct. I did not have the courage to continue or the strength to end it. That is me specifically speaking about suicide. There were times where I just didn't want to live, but I didn't want to die. And if you've ever had suicidal thoughts, you understand that completely. You don't want to take your life, but the pain is so tremendous that you just don't want to live. And I'm so glad that I was able to push through. I'm so glad that I was able to get help. Um, but I want to tell you something. One of the things that helped me, I had to remember that I'm too fucking pretty to be taking my life. And you are too. We need your light. Remember that. If there's one thing I'm going to tell you, we need your light. So, um, as I fall into your arms, time moves quickly. All that I seek is to remain in this moment forever. Oof. Yeah, girl. You's beautiful. <laughs> this next one, um, really, uh, the words don't really mean, they probably don't mean much coming through, but if you could see the image of this sunrise, it was so beautiful. Um, and... I just said, you paint a canvas unlike anyone else. Beautiful is an understatement. It was such a beautiful sunrise. Beautiful colors. It's why I love living where I live. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to give you this next one. I'm just priming myself for a minute. Because it's going to go into a place that <laughs> can be tough. Through my own struggles, I continue to find myself enlightened. Merry Christmas. This is what I wrote on Christmas Day of last year. I would wish for one more Christmas as a child. The twinkle in my eyes as the day approaches. The excitement in my voice. With all the lights and presents. The sheer joy of racing to the tree. Smiles all around as I would tear through my gifts, opening each with excitement. The morning starts with tea as I get dressed to deliver flowers to a loved one's grave. This process is never easy. It has taken years to acquire this strength, finding myself recapping my year. Through a catalog of succession and failure, I'm brought to tears for those I have lost. Reminding myself of all of my blessings, the mornings of joy have turned into mornings of angst afraid of all the feelings that will return. Then the afternoon arrives. My son returns. We start opening gifts. Laughs ring out. My smile returns. I get to feel like that little boy again. My only wish for next Christmas is to wake with joy, choosing smiles instead of tears. I just want to feel like that little boy once more on Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas was tough. Christmas has been tough. I try to I try to distract myself, and it's one of the things I, I had to give up last year as I was just crying at my uncle and aunt's uh, grave. I don't like going there crying. I feel weak even 20 years later. It was 20 years last year since he had passed away. 
and it'll be 20 years in four more years for my aunt. And I just, at times I feel weak, but it was, it was really tough for me because like I had told my mom, when you ask me to do these things, don't, don't, don't let me do it on that day because you don't understand. And, and this goes out for anyone, mothers, fathers, when you don't wake up with your child on Christmas day, it's tough. You have to go back to that establishment of marriage and remember you don't have that anymore. Because I remember a time in my life where I woke up and had to get him up and got to see him on Christmas morning. I got to, I got to enjoy that. Now, Christmas being what it is, you can celebrate it at any time. But it's it's the knowing of that. This is what pe- at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, this is what people are doing. When you're getting up and making tea and getting in your car and getting ready to deliver flowers. But I was so glad that I went. Because it made me... I was facing my own problems about making them proud, feeling like I was a failure, feeling like I was a failure to Lucas. It was so crazy. It was a roller coaster. Like I would cry and I would be like, all right, I need to be strong. I got to be strong because you are, you know, and then it would, I would start thinking about him and then I'd be like, oh, and on holidays, I tend to tour the cemetery and there's a place where the children are. And I, it's hard for me to go over there. I had to take my son over there once. And I told him, I said, if we go over there, I'm going to start crying. And he was like, really? I was like, it makes me really sad to go over there. And um, it did. I started crying. And he was like, it's okay. And he, he, he sees, like, the kid didn't make it. Like, they was born and died. Kid made it three days and died. Kid made it four months and died. And he's just like, I see why you don't come over here. It's, it, it, but it's a pretty part of the cemetery. It's really beautiful. But it's very tragic. And um, I couldn't even go over there. I was like, I'm already a wreck. If I go over there, it's over. So um, it was tough for me because I struggled. But then he came and then I was smiling and we went to go see Spider-Man and we ate. And I had such a blast. And I felt guilty because people have worse. There are friends that I know who don't see their kids at all. But I struggle because I don't feel like I'm where I want to be. I want to wake up with someone I want to be, I want a family. I want a family. And to be on the outs of it, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. But I will make, I will make better um, light of, of it if I get to see Christmas in 2022. So, yeah. Okay. This next poem this next poem because after this one we have two left this next poem i want to dedicate it to the people in this country who go through the american healthcare system i want to dedicate it to people who are struggling just to, to feed themselves because of the prescriptions they pay i want to dedicate it to those people who feel like they're less than because their insurance is not helping them or they don't have insurance. I dedicate it to you. Um, and the caption I put is, as we close the year out, I had to speak on the bull of the healthcare system. Just some thoughts I wrote a few months ago. Do better, people. $584, the retail cost for my blood thinner. It's expensive, they say, to pay for something that keeps your blood thin. So the blood clot will dissolve in my lung and never travel to my heart. When I think of the first time I had to pay for it, I was between jobs waiting on insurance. I had to eat that whole cost. It got me thinking 
Imagine someone who wasn't prepared, didn't have money saved or access to credit. Their life would be held in the balance by the American healthcare system. Each part flows into the other, from the pharmaceutical companies down to the pharmacy. We look at drug dealers as the menace instead of asking, why does a drug that saves lives cost $584? I pause because what I'm about to say next is going to seem, it could seem a little erratic. Fuck the American healthcare system. Fuck it. I am blessed better than most. But as someone who's been to a hematologist and hematology is rooted right in oncology, you're going to a cancer doctor to see people going in there and knowing they're in there for radiation treatments. They know what they're dealing with. To think of my, to think of my ex-wife's dad who has cancer and really was thinking about not taking the chemo so that he wouldn't bankrupt his wife. (laughs) Fuck that. It's bullshit. And what's funny is how we are so conditioned in the system. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this story. I remember when I went to CVS, and my doctor told me that, oh yeah, like they should be able to help you. They have like discount cards to give you some discount off of it. So I remember going um, before my insurance kicked in because my insurance kicked in late because of how when I started, my insurance would not start until the first day of the new month. So. I not I didn't you know most companies you have to wait 60 days. I had to wait 91 days because of it. So not only I had to cover those hospital bills, but I had to cover it twice actually. And this is exactly what I told them when I came up and because this is what they do. When the person rings it out and you don't have insurance, they're sticker shocked because they're not salespeople. I'm a salesperson, so I know how to deal with that. I can just sell you anything. I'd have been like, all right, so this is your prescription, 30 days, $584. She didn't. She was like, oh, I don't know if you want to pay this. Like, you, you sure you don't have insurance? I'm like, no. And I said, um, can I speak to the pharmacist? And I said, ma'am, I'm going to say this to you. You went to school all those years. So in your mind, you think that because you went to school and you have insurance, you work for this company, you're probably better than me. And she said, no. I said, no, I don't mean in the traditional way where you think you're better and you look down. You have this unconscious bias that because I don't have insurance right now, that I'm a bad person when I'm actually waiting for my insurance to activate. What I'm telling you is my hematologist told me that you have you have discount cards. I'm not paying full price for this. You will give me a discount because if this company doesn't give me a discount, A, I'm not going to buy anything from this company again. B, I'm going to write your CEO and say, I'm a better customer if I'm alive because you can get more money out of me than if I'm dead. I should not have to say this. And the lady said, I'm, I'm sorry, so give me a minute. And, and she and I end up paying half price for it. My point is, is that people every day die because of insulin problems. And we think that's okay. Why people are rich and people are eating and wasting food. We live in a country where we waste more food than the, the probably the whole planet combined. And what I'm saying is that that's bullshit. I get to complain because I get to go through it. Because as a person, if a blood clot traveled to my heart, I'm fucking dead. Pharmaceutical companies during this are fucking raking it in. And I got to go ask for a discount. Are you fucking serious? A lot of the episode was very pleasant, but I had to leave my stake there. That is utter bullshit. And if you've ever went through it, I am sorry. And I pray for you and I hope you find your way. But don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not anything because you don't have insurance or you're not this or that. There should be a law about how 
insurances stay without COBRA. I don't want to hear shit about COBRA protections. People are paying into group policies and never getting a dime back from it when they leave. It's bullshit. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Fuck you very much, the American healthcare system. Um, so yeah, that was, that, was, that was passionate, but I feel passionate on that. People should not have to make choices about living or dying. No one asked to be on this space rock. No one. There is not one of us here that asked to be here. We were all made. And the basic right of healthcare should be given. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a fuck what you think. Left, right, green, yellow, conservative, liberal, jump a rope, don't jump a rope. It's what I think it should be. So we don't have to debate that. Yeah. <sighs> Your voice touches the depths of my soul. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to go straight transition. Let me start again. Your voice touches the depths of my soul. Your smile warms my heart. Your scent reminds me of a familiar place. Your embrace makes me feel safe. Your words give me courage to face anything. She is something. Ooh, and I really hope I meet her someday. That was not a muse writing. That was me writing from a place. That's what I want in a woman. I can't ever see her face in my dream. I'm always walking behind her, but she's something. She is something. Last one of last year. This was written, um, picture taken and published December 31st, 2021. Enlightened and inspired, at times defeated and tired. This year has challenged me, forcing me to look within, to reflect so that I can achieve any and everything that is meant for me. Last year was something. Um, one of the quotes that I would say is, is that I could not get, I would not be able to have a 2021 if I didn't have a 2017. I wouldn't be able to have a 2017 if I didn't have a 2013. Those years gave me the strength to persevere. And hell, I wouldn't be able to have a 2018 if I didn't have 17 because I went through a mental breakdown and had to work that out. And then 18, I lose a dear friend and I have a hurricane obliterate my town. Everything that I've went through the last six years is only, and honestly, I can't say six. I have to say almost 10, almost the last decade has prepared me to, to step into the light of the person that I truly wanted to be. And I'm so thankful for it. I am thankful for the tears. I am thankful for the laughs. I'm thankful for the love. Um, and I'm going forward to to claim and, and do more and be more. So that is that is the collection of um, of poems up until now. Like I said, I have four already on the books. Probably a fifth I'll publish tonight. Um, when you hear from me on the last um, on the lost episode five, then I'll give you the poems up to that point. I really want to wait until around the last week of the month, but I possibly might be out of town then. So it might be the week of Christmas that I record that and just kind of let it let the, the poems of the last part of the year just go. Or I may not record a lost episode five until 2023 if I'm still alive. You know, I mean, nothing is guaranteed and given. That's where I'm at. But um, I'm so thankful to crank out a fourth one. Like I said, I never thought I would have the first one. 
I'm so thankful that I can take my works and actually put them in an audio form. Um, the next step for me is a video form. Um, I just need to, you know, really work that YouTube channel I created a long time ago and do it and just put them out there. Or I don't know, maybe TikTok. I'm thinking I'm, I'm exploring how it would be easier to make the functions. Or just really just start going and make make a series of, of poems. I think I can do it. I think I should do it. I think bringing the video element to it would matter. And so I look forward to doing that. But I want to thank you before you get the ending credits of me thanking you um, for listening. I want to, I got to give myself just some love. I love you, Jemaith, because last year was very tough. It was a very tough year. It was, it was a seesaw. At times you didn't really know which way was up or which way was down, but you kept pushing and you kept trying. You kept writing, you kept recording, you kept creating, and you stayed true to the purpose of creation. And I'm so excited to see what comes next. Um, but I am proud of you, and I've always been proud of you because you've been more than enough. You are worthy. As far as the rest of you, wherever you lay, wherever you sleep, wherever you live, wherever you travel, wherever you go, I wish the best for you as I figure out the creations I'm going to make for this year. I've got episodes on the books. I was working on a dating episode, and then in the middle of it, I just didn't feel it. I don't know. It was a very weird artist moment where I was recording. I was, um, I think, the first 30 minutes in, and then I just was like, eh. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll finish recording that dating episode, but I have a few other episodes on the books. I've written some. And we'll see. We'll see what what comes and what I can do in this year. And so I, I'm just, just kind of like when I finished the positivity walls. I just never really thought that the lost episode would make it to a fourth or I'd make it past one. I didn't even think it would be. So I have to take the time to really tell you that I'm someone that used to hide in plain sight. I've given you a lot. I've given you a lot. Like I said, I, I put people's names. I said things. And I continue to be uncomfortable this year. We will do more. Because I believe sharing really purifies me. Creating helps to lift me. But sharing the truth as the truth, it purifies me. And I will not be afraid to run for my truth any longer. And um, to those people I mentioned, Thank you for the experiences and the memories you made in my life. Without you, I wouldn't have been able to discover and I wouldn't be enlightened. So I look forward to recording more. And one last thing, this is the 65th episode. I also have to say that before I record this, 64 episodes. Wow. I've been recording since, what, 17? Yeah, like five years. Um and just kind of journaling my thoughts. Of course, it started. all this started in a car, and now I'm at a desk. And who knows? You may get cars again. Who knows? I just keep recording. If there is something that you want to do, let me be the example through this microphone to tell you do it. Learn about it. Read about it. Do it. Don't be afraid. But if you are afraid, I ask you to be curious, and I ask you to be uncomfortable. Because I promise you there's so much beauty in it. When I finished those 20 positivity walls last year, 
I cannot tell you how over the moon I was jumping up and down. I was so excited because I, I did something. I accomplished it. And I was excited. It reminded me when I wrote this poetry series for the second time called You. And it was like a love series. And I got to 63 because literally it was seven days of poems I was writing. So I got to the ninth installment of it. And I was like, I think I'm done. And then I woke up one day and I started writing, trying to write for the next week. And I wrote a finale. And that was 64. And that was it. And I was so excited once I was like, I'm here. Take me to the ocean. Another milestone to be able to say, you know what? We're done. Take these two poems out. I took those poems out. I sent them to the person. I shared it with them. Told them what they meant to me. And I was done. I've spent a lifetime writing, curating, creating. And at times not allowing portions of it to be in the light. Because I didn't know how it would be taken. Well, I'm beyond that. It's going to be ugly. But. I'm okay with that. And remember, the ugly parts of you are beautiful, even if they tell you they're ugly. It's all how you use them. If you're using them for good, they are pretty. If you're using them for bad, they're not. And so I leave you with the mantra that I used to leave you with when I did those positivity walls. As I leave you, you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are loved. Yeah. I would like to take the time to thank you for joining this jam talk for today. That's it. That's the end. There's no, nothing else to say. Go back to your, your regularly scheduled program. Chew knows it.